Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's, there's nothing more relaxing than... Disco. Adrift with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. Hello! Hello! Um, I want to start this week's podcast by just saying... Th- did I go a bit squeaky then? A little bit, yeah. Just, um, just saying thank you to... First off, people who've listened to us for... for years and years and years so i think the bulk of the podcast listeners are people who were in the habit of listening to the radio show and then you know habits can be difficult to to kick sometimes Mm. um so so they then when the podcast came along they listened to that and then they'll drop off over over a period of time until we're just left talking to each other that's that's the way i imagined our listenership to be yeah so i want to thank those stalwarts but also, every now and again, I'll get an email from somebody who's just discovered it independently, mm. who never heard the radio show. And I just wanted to say thank you to to you if you're one of those people. Like, it's it's baffling to me. It's lovely. It is really lovely, yeah. but also a little bit baffling. <laughs> right. So I just wanted to start the podcast by uh, thanking you for listening. I don't want to take you for granted if you're a long-term listener, no. but oh my God, the thrill of somebody who just discovered it oh, without people. all those years of contact. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is. It's, you say the new people like that. It's a little metaphor for what goes on in a lot of marriages, isn't it? Exactly. When people have affairs yeah. and the, the well, heads get turned very easily. It's like what's happening the, to us, we're having the, little affairs. The thrill of Ooh, the new, yeah. exactly. So, so that's that. Um, so it was my birthday mm. since the last podcast. Um, Annabelle got me a really lovely <laughs> plastic pencil sharpener. And what I wanted to say to you... Oh, no. Why is, didn't you say this to me before? Why do you have to do this now? Is, is I just want to say things will get better, you know. You'll start earning money again Can I tell you, stage. I also bought you a chocolate bar and two bits of cake. You did, you did, yeah. I mean, I did leave the label, the price label on the cakes, and it was, what, £2.30? I don't know, but it was one of those fluorescent labels. I could tell it was in the basket of reduced things. But things will get better. We'll start earning again at some stage. I know, The I Patreon know. will pick up. Hopefully, It'll yeah, be fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had a lovely birthday. My, my wife arranged... Um, a number of things for me. Mm. So we went to, in London, at the South Bank Centre. It was about to finish, actually, but they've just extended it, so you could go to this if you like the sound of it. There is an ABBA exhibition mm. 
And we went along to that. And it's great. They just take you through in groups of about six or eight. Okay. It's like a little labyrinth of rooms. I don't want to give too much away in case people go, but there's okay. music and it's quite interactive. And you've got a guide with you all the time. Um, and even though it was my birthday, my wife hissed at me that I had to shut up. Why? What were you doing? So... Again, it gives, it gives, it gives, it gives, I didn't ask any questions, okay, good, no, because no. there's a type, isn't there, oh, in a tour group? The worst. Yeah. <laughs> that is the same sort of person who starts a standing ovation. Oh. <laughs> there's a type. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, so, so without giving too much away, the first part of the exhibition is you're in this room and they're playing clips of ABBA songs and they're asking people to if they know what they are. So basically it's a contest right. to see who can get the ABBA song yeah. before anybody else. And I'm imagining you're very good at this. I was shouting out like within half a second oh, of every song. <laughs> Did everyone hate you? Yeah, like at oh. first people found it funny. Oh. But Sarah says that people then started finding it annoying and I had to shut up. Because they wanted and, to play along. Yeah, and yeah. Then, then she forbade me from joining in with any of the sort of uh, audience participation for the rest of the tour. The rest of the tour. Mm, oh, mm. on your own birthday. Mm. She was right. She was right. <laughs> she was right. I, I do accept that. Mm. You know, when, when you're younger, you think about, I know you, you've you talked about this before, but you fantasise about being a pop star and what that would look like. Mm. I think when I was younger, you know, you think of cool pop stars, think maybe, you know, like a David Bowie type or something like that. But mm. as time goes on, I think, you know, if, if if I could be any member of any band, I do think it would be Benny in ABBA. Oh, really? Yeah, what, he always seems why? like he's having a nice time. Okay. I think there's a hamster-like quality to him <laughs> that I also have. <laughs> so anyway, I would recommend this ABBA exhibition. Okay. So then after, after this, she she then took me for lunch at one of my favourite restaurants. Oh. I'll give this restaurant a plug because why not? I mean, Go it's on. unlikely you'll be in the vicinity, but who knows? Maybe somebody's listening to this who's, who's nearby there. I think we've been there, in fact. It's called Rams and it's in Harrow, oh, just right. outside London. Yeah, we have been there. And, and it's, a, it's a very small, no frills, really no frills at all mm. um, Indian restaurant. If you're imagining the sort of the frills of flock wallpaper mm. in, <laughs> excuse me, in sitar music, it's not even that, that amount of frills. It's no. it's no frills, strip lighting. But the food is really something else. And uh, I've been there a few times over the years. I really love it. It's, it's some of the best veggie Indian food in London. It's slightly complicated when you go on a lunchtime, though, because they also have a buffet. Right. You know, a, a very cheap buffet. Mm. I don't know if it's seven pounds for as much as you can eat or whatever it is. So I go along to this restaurant, but I don't want the buffet. Mm. I want to order a la carte. Okay, yeah. Now that's got to be better for the restaurant because you're ultimately spending more money. Yeah, surely, yeah. But there's something about snubbing the buffet. Uh, that makes me feel like I'm being obnoxious. I'm too good for the buffet. Yes. Yeah. yeah yes. Yeah. But I'm imagining it's because you've got your favourites and they're not at the buffet. There's an element of that, yeah. and then I think that of of my favourites which are on the buffet. I, I think it looks, it looks a bit congealed. Though. Ah, you're too it's good been for the sit, buffet. Sitting there for a while. <laughs> yeah. You're too good. Which is idiotic because I'm sure whatever the containers are for the buffet mm. that sit out in the restaurant, <laughs> yeah. they've got identical ones in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And that's what they're plating your food up out of. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Yeah, but yeah, you're, you're too good for the buffet. Mm. It's the same feeling again. I get this feeling. I've talked about it before. I think in the um, like if I go to the supermarket and they say, "Have you got a loyalty card?" 
and I don't. Mm. And then they say, would you like one? And I wouldn't like one because I don't want to fill in my details. I don't want the hassle. Yeah. I just want to get the transaction over and done with as quickly as possible. But I can't help but feeling like I'm being judged by the cashier who's thinking, oh, too good for a loyalty card. You're you? too fancy. You don't, yes. you don't need a loyalty yeah. card. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. exactly yeah. what you yeah. mean. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that was a similar experience to the buffet. Mm. Um, so then there was that. And then what else can I tell you about my birth- birthday if I haven't droned on long enough about it? Um, oh, here's the thing. So so the structure of the day was always going to be, we'd go to this ABBA exhibition, we'd have a lunch. There were a couple of bits in the afternoon. And then as a treat... In the evening, mm. my wife said I could pick a film mm. and she would watch it without complaint. <laughs> okay, that's a real treat. Yeah. So a, a bone of contention in our marriage is I like watching Swedish films, which are perhaps a little slow sometimes. Oh, okay. They don't have the rhythm and, ca- and cadence of a Hollywood blockbuster. Right. Or maybe the 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 passion of the golden age of Italian cinema. Right. They're quite understated, often a bit weird. Mm. Um, So it gets the evening and Sarah's been hinting all day like, Mamma Mia could be a good film to watch tonight. (laughs) I like like what she's trying to do. You know, prey on my ABBA thing. We've had a nice time at the ABBA exhibition. Yeah. And and it gets, you know, long story short, too late. It gets gets too late. And, I you know, I end up saying, well, could we at least just watch an episode of Seinfeld? Okay. Which is 22 minutes long. Yeah. So she was asleep within three minutes. Oh, well, at least she's not complaining. <laughs> but it's the shared experience. Oh, I see. Isn't it? You wanted like, someone to love along with. You want to do. Oh. That's why I want to watch it. Yeah, I can yeah. watch telly on my own any old time. But you want that um, feeling of it being a shared experience. Mm. So she then feels bad about it and mm. says, "Well, can we watch? A f- we can watch one of your films tomorrow night." Okay. Which we do. I pick an old favourite of mine. Yeah. It's from like 2004 or something. It's called Four Shades of Brown. Oh, that's good. (laughs) Sorry. Is that really what it's called? Yes. Oh my God, it sounds so bad. It's really good. Is it? Okay. Yeah. The the Four Shades of Brown are basically, it's four stories, vignettes, if you like. It was originally a TV series and then they edited it to make a film. And each of the vignettes is about a different like life somewhere in Sweden and okay. it's like a good story and the and the brown you know the implication is we all poo we all poo the same color just different shades of the same color which i think is a good title but is but is that does that feature in the film not oh, explicitly God, it <laughs> no not i mean yeah i mean it's you you know where the titles come from if you watch the film wow okay i mean there's some very strange bits in it God. there there is a bit <laughs> Which involves a man having a, a, a fantasy about a sexual practice that is so bizarre that I, I cannot talk about it here be, because it's it would alienate the listeners. Wow. Yeah, it's very good film. <laughs> wow. Okay. It's, it's really good. I'm learning something new about you. The, the, the four stories are there's um, a rich like equestrian uh, millionaire has died and his sons gather for the funeral. Okay. That's a good one, right? Yeah. It's a good premise. Potential. Starting point, that's all. Jumping off point. Yeah, yeah. One is um, a son who is very anal and and likes things to be perfect, runs a hotel, and his parents, who are a slightly tacky um, magician duo, come to visit. Yeah. And it's about, like, the son coming to terms with the fact that Families aren't perfect, I think. Okay, maybe that's the thinking about it. That in a way, that's the the whole film. And then you've got one story about a 
this is quite bleak actually. Okay. Um, a guy whose teenage son is a little bit off the rails. Right. So to try and stimulate him, get him interested in other things apart from just playing computer games, he takes him to his job one day. Yeah. His job is he works uh, for the council in the department where if your pet dies, you bring it in and they incinerate it for you. Okay. And I mean, this is a bit of a spoiler alert, but he, he the son accidentally burns his dad dad's face off in the incinerator. Oh my god! Dead pets. Okay. And then the other one is about this cookery, like a, a group that meets in a community centre to talk about recipes once a week. Yeah. But really, you know, they end up talking about life and bearing their souls and for, forging these connections. Okay, I'm going to confess something now. Mm-hmm. I do actually really want to watch this film. It's really it good. good. It's, okay. it's, it's not aged that well. Oh, <laughs> okay, I've got off it again. Thanks. And, and you know, what Sarah didn't realise is it's across two separate discs. Oh, what? How long is it? Ballpark three hours. Oh, my God, I'm not watching it. <laughs> not a chance. Not a chance. Wow. Well, you know, and that's what happened. She fell asleep after 25 minutes. Wow. So, you know... So then we had to have a full and frank discussion and I said, do you just want me to put Mamma Mia on? <laughs> Which we did. And she perked right up and she was still awake at the end of it. No. Yeah. Oh, a happy birthday. Yeah. There's a marriage about compromises. Yeah. I mean, there's quite possibly somebody out there who would make me happy in the world all the ways my wife does, but also like the same things as I do and have those shared experiences with me. But it would have taken longer to find them. And can I be like bothered to look, to look no, for them? Nah. No, make the compromises. Adrift. Yeah. Sound effects. Jeff Lloyd Annabelle Port. Noises. So please share your story with us. We love hearing from you. As do your fellow drifters, it's hello at adriftpodcast.com. This is from Eric. I wanted to share a story that took place starting 10 years ago when my wife and I moved into our first home together in Kentucky. Having just been married, we moved in January of 2008 into a subdivision in a small town in Kentucky. One of the first days after moving in, I came home from work to see my elderly neighbours in their driveway. As I got out of my car, the husband of the pair quickly chirped up, Hello Chris, welcome to the neighbourhood. This immediately struck me as odd because my name isn't now nor has ever been Chris, it's Eric. On top of that, I'd never met my neighbours before, so when and where do they get this bit of misinformation? Dumbfounded, I politely waved and said hello and fled indoors. I mistakenly thought I'd correct them at some later date, but as the months and years ticked by, it became an ongoing joke with my wife and I as they continued to call me Chris. I found myself trying to avoid them for fear of cringing once again as I was called Chris. Each time another nail in the, why didn't you correct him when he had a chance, coffin? Outside shoveling snow, cold out here, isn't it, Chris? Mowing the lawn, sure has been a hot summer, huh, Chris? Around a holiday time, Merry Christmas, Chris. Happy New Year, Chris. Even simple functions like washing my car resulted in a want to wash mine next, Chris? I found myself a prisoner in my own driveway and front lawn. It became such a painful point that eventually, if I drove home and saw them outside, I'd pretend to be on the phone so as not to talk to them. If I started to go and check the mailbox and they were out there, I'd quickly flee back inside. I constantly chastised myself for not correcting him on day one. I did finally have a moment of clarity and redemption after almost eight years of neighbour dodging. My christening neighbour filed a complaint with the Homeowners Association about our backyard fence, which was completely unfounded. (laughs) It infuriated me enough to finally knock on his door so as to tell him off. And then I finished up my rant by saying, oh, and by the way, my name is not Chris. (laughs) 
Yes, finally I had my first and probably only ever mic drop moment and stormed off. It was only a couple of weeks after that we made the decision to move to Maui. I never talked nor acknowledged him again as our shipping container showed up and was packed and towed away, nor when we drove off for the last time. I still hope to this day he sits around wondering what my name actually is. And I hope it keeps him up at night. P.S. Third week at my new job in Maui, I kid you not, one of my co-workers calls me Chris, even while I was wearing my Eric name tag. I'm beginning to think they know something I don't, and my parents have been lying to me all along. You must just have an essence of Chris. Yeah, you must just look like a Chris. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is from Rachel. A few months ago, my friend Laura and I were out for dinner. As we were leaving, she said she needed to nip to the loo and wouldn't be a minute, so I hung back and loitered at the table. After about 10 minutes, there was still no sign of her coming back, so I decided to pop my head into the toilets on the way out to see if she was there. There were three cubicles, two empty and one engaged. Aha, she's still here, I thought. So I went in with the intention of waiting for her while I brushed my hair and fannied about. Now, before I go any further, I must explain that my friend has an absolute disgust for people who poop away quite freely in public toilets, especially when the cubicle next to them is occupied. Unfortunately, this is an almost daily occurrence at her work and therefore also a frequent topic in our conversations. Anyway, there I was, brushing my hair in the silent bathroom while Laura went about her business, a polite number one, of course, unaware that I'd come in to look for her, when suddenly her repulsion towards public pooping popped into my mind. Let's have some fun, I thought. So I started blowing raspberries, gradually getting louder and more violent sounding, but still not hearing even a suppressed giggle or any reaction coming from her cubicle. Eventually, the toilet flushed, the cubicle door opened, and out walked... The chef from the restaurant, a stocky looking bloke with a big grin on his face. Oh, have I come into the men's toilets? I shrieked, unsure which social faux pas to address first. A complete stranger thinking I have no bathroom manners or walking into the men's toilets by mistake. No, she replied. I suddenly realised it wasn't a man. Oh no. But instead, it was the less than dainty female chef on a loo break. I attempted to break the world record for the number of words spoken per minute. (laughs) Trying to explain I was playing a joke on my friend. Ignoring the fact that I thought she was a man. And then I fled the bathroom without a look back. I finally found my friend waiting outside having a cigarette, wondering where I'd disappear to. We have never been back. Uh, Understandably, yeah. You can't. No, no. Ever. Yeah, I mean, I feel there is it's almost the perfect use of the phrase don't shit where you eat yeah 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 <laughs> um we would love to hear from you if you um if you haven't already shared your story please uh, do so hello at adriftpodcast.com please 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 get in line and stand by the wall i'm not going to shoot you this is a show called adrift with jeff lloyd and annabelle port annabelle yeah You've prepared a story. Yeah. On what topic is the story this week? Well, it's big news, in fact. Uh, I've recently gone from Radio 4 to BBC Six Music on the Kitchen Radio. Oh. Yeah, made the transition. It's mainly because I found that my son preferred the singing to the talking. And anything that gives me a break from the constant singing that I have to do to keep him vaguely happy (laughs) is a good thing. But I'm quite annoyed about it because it means that my boyfriend has won the radio war because he'd leave it on Six Music, I'd leave it on Radio 4. But it does mean that I am being introduced to new music again because it had got to the stage where I only ever heard something new if either they were singing it on The Voice or The X Factor (laughs) or it was on Desert Island Discs. And let's face it, there's not a lot of new music on Desert Island Discs. So really, that's quite poor pickings for me. 
But it didn't used to be like this because I was really into music as a teenager. My first gig, Neil Diamond with my dad. <laughs> okay, that's not, that's not so great. My second gig, Heart with my dad. Yeah, oh, okay, it's still not great, still not great. Third gig, Phil Collins with my dad. <laughs> no, it's going to get good now. Fourth gig, Erasure with my friends Kiss and Tessa and Tessa's dad. Now that is good. It, got, it did get better. Yeah. But Heart as a second gig, I mean, that's not good, is it? Mm. I do sometimes find myself thinking about that Heart song, All I Want to Do is Make Love to You. You know, the one where she picks up the guy by the roadside and then she does the unpleasantness with him all night because she wants her baby and her husband's infertile. Yes. I think, you know what, there are other ways. There, there really are other ways. <laughs> And then when she leaves this guy in the morning, she leaves a note saying, I am the flower, you are the seed. We walked in the garden, we planted a tree. She is very confident of her own fertility, isn't she? <laughs> and I bet that was a nice note to get. Not at all. Wow, she was weird. <laughs> anyway, I got distracted there, sorry. Because I wanted to brag about my good taste in music as a teenager. Yeah. But I definitely went through a very bad taste in music stage because I went to university with a Bjork poster and Smith albums and I left with a Ministry of Sound triple CD and a Kylie CD single that I used to just play over and over again. Which song? It's not even a song that is even famous. Where is the feeling? Do you even know? No one no, even knows no. it. It's from one of the albums. And I listened back to it yesterday and I thought, I don't even like it. Well, why was oh, I no. so obsessed by it? But it's almost like a friend of mine who only likes one song. Out of all the songs in the world, and there are many, she only ever listens to Culture Club Come a Chameleon. So if she fancies listening to music, she goes, oh, I'll put my, put my song on. She puts that song on. She's, I say, don't you like other songs? Not really, I just like that one. Who is it? I just have a film from someone I know, Liz. It's amazing, wow. isn't it? Yeah. But I did have better taste in music as a teenager. I liked the Smiths, Bangles, House Martins, and I also really liked U2. And when I was 16, U2 announced their Zoo TV tour. And me and all my friends, we all really liked you two. We decided we wanted to go. And I'm not sure how we got it into our heads, but three of us, me, Steph and Lara, thought that the only way to guarantee getting tickets was to queue up overnight at Earl's Court Exhibition Centre, where the gig was being held. Queue up, get them in person. Now, obviously, this is before the internet, way before the internet. You know, it's a lot easier now. And the only other way of getting them was to call up, but we didn't want to risk not getting through. Mm. And they were going on sale at 9am on the Saturday. So Steph's dad drove us all up there in our sleeping bags, with our sleeping bags. And we joined what was already a long queue, which from memory was mostly men of a certain age in tour t-shirts, as I'm sure you can imagine. Plus us, three 16-year-old girls. Don't worry, this story doesn't turn seedy. (laughs) So we got on our sleeping bags and we talked about whatever teenage girls talk about, probably in that backslang language. Otlaili, Ray. Did you understand that? Good, good. Um, And we got to sleep probably about 3 or 4 a.m. At 6 a.m. there's a massive kerfuffle. And all the men of a certain age in tour t-shirts are getting up and surging towards the main door. And it's making a mockery of the queue, like people are pushing Mm -hmm. in front of us. And we find ourselves at 6 in the morning in a standing mob, really tightly squeezed against each other. Everyone's really pressed up against everyone else. And this is what it's like for the next six hours until I finally get the tickets in my hand. It was completely hellish, obviously desperate for the toilet. And it turned out that somebody, I think maybe a cleaner, had opened a side door. And this movement had sparked panic that they're opening the doors for sales early. (laughs) But we were just so happy to get the tickets until we got home. And it turned out everyone else had just rung up and bought theirs easily and (laughs) got better seats. I should have stuck with Neil Diamond, shouldn't I? Or heart. <laughs> Welcome to the main module of the show with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port in a program called Adrift. Can you get with it? Yeah. Mm. 
Oh, Annabelle, I keep thinking now of a young student you just sitting there listening to a song called Where Is The Feeling? Oh, God, that is so depressing. Trying to, oh. trying to see if you can get something to stir within you. <laughs> how, um, how, how is the book going? The book is going quite well, I would say. Um, lots of brilliant people have bought it. I'm calling them brilliant because I'm very grateful mm-hmm. and I'm hoping they're enjoying it. I still need more people to buy it, though. You know, so I can afford you buy buy you a better birthday present next year. It was very thoughtful. Or maybe we could get you a metal pencil sharpener rather than no, a plastic yeah, one. Yeah, okay, yeah. that's something to shoot for, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So Annabelle's book. If you if you are um, what do you call it? A follower of our Facebook page. A liker, a liker. Yeah. yeah. Um, we the other night, Annabelle came around and we did a Facebook live, and lots of people asked questions, and we did a little competition where somebody, uh, the the winner, is going to have a song written about them. Have you been in touch with that person? Yes, I have. Yeah, I've got all their facts. Wonderful. So I'll start writing the song soon. Yeah. Look forward to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you can watch that again if you want. I mean, you can't ask us questions, but if that is interesting to you, you can watch it again and uh, make sure you get all, get all up in Annabelle's social media mm-hmm. to find out what's going on with the book, some good videos and bits and pieces. So follow Annabelle on Twitter or become a liker yeah. of our page, Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. It's called Annabelle versus the Internet if you want to look it up. That's right. And buy it. I was very impressed. I had a look on Amazon the other day mm. and it was number one yeah. in the category of humour. <laughs> subsection computers and internet it's a bestseller in a very niche category (laughs) you cannot deny it says number one bestseller on it yeah yeah so that's that's very impressive yeah um so that's that it's not even really about the computers and the internet is it not really (laughs) no one chapter if it gets you to number one i don't care yeah it was number five in parodies and it's not a parody i know (laughs) (laughs) that was confusing um i've got something to plug okay i mean in a way, there's no point in me plugging it, cause, you know. But I'll plug it anyway. Mm. So I, I had this idea a while ago um, for for a, a, um, a program that could be on the TV or the radio, mm. and uh, I, I went to a production company with it, and they said, "Let's do a run through." And they invited some big cheeses from different television companies down, and some people from the BBC came, and, and we did this. A few of our listeners came along, and the next day they got in touch and said. We we love it. We think we'd like to do a pilot of it. So I'm thinking that's great. And then they said there is some bad news. However, <laughs> mm. I mean we we don't want you to host it. That's kind of bad news. Yeah, yeah. But it's still it's still my thing. You know, yeah. it's still my um, idea. Mm. So anyway, it's been going through the the cogs, the machine for some time, and now the pilot is going to be on Radio Two on Monday night, which is the 30th of April. It's called What Is Normal. And it's hosted by Sarah Pascoe, who I just think is is brilliant. You know, to, to be honest, she's better than I am. <laughs> and uh, her co-host is Ashlyn B, who's one of the country's top comedians. And there's some great guests on there as well. Uh, it's uh, a, a comic called Stephen Bailey, who's going to be massive. Shappy Sandy, who you might know. James Brown, not the godfather of soul, who died some years ago. But James Brown, who started Loaded magazine and is a real raconteur. They're the guests. And it's, it's going to be on Radio 2 on Monday the 30th in the evening. So you could listen to it on the radio or better still, you could go and find it on the BBC iPlayer. Oh, okay. Because then if they see people are going and listening to it, they might think, this is is the one we want to make into a series for the television. I'm going to listen to it 20 times in a row. Yeah, do that. So um, I just thought I'd give that a little plug. What is normal? Um, 
look it up on the on the BBC iPlayer. And then, you know, probably while we're at it, we might as well give the Patreon a plug as well, right? Yeah. Uh, if you don't support us on Patreon, basically I'm pinning all my hopes on this TV format being made into a series. Mm. And I don't know if that'll happen or not. You know, already I was um, dethroned as the host. Mm. Maybe I'll be forced out in a boardroom coup. Oh, no. I don't know. Change the locks. Yes. God. So, um, so uh, you know, I, I can't bank on that is what I'm saying. So if you would like to support our podcast on Patreon, then go to patreon.com stroke adrift. Computer sounds are awesome. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. Adrift. I don't like to talk about babies and child rearing on the podcast too much because I think it can be annoying if you, if you don't have a baby or if mm. your kids are grown up or, or so on. Yeah. I remember when I was child free, that kind of thing would annoy me. Child free, that is an expression that when I used to use it when I was child free and going through fertility treatment, mm. it, it was basically trying to dress up something for me, which ultimately felt sad and negative as something positive. Mm. And now it just... It it sounds like looking out of a prison window to somebody <laughs> frolicking, somebody frolicking in a field. How things change. Yeah, I know. Um, anyway, so but this this story kind of touches on that, but not really. So, like a lot of people in Britain, before our baby was born, we joined a group of pregnant people. It's oh, yeah. called the NCT, which I think stands for National Child Care Trust. Childbirth. Childbirth. Yeah. You did you did it as well, yeah, right? Yeah, I did, yeah. And the idea is that you do a course on, on what it will be like, uh, but at the same time you forge these connections with people. Yeah. So that it makes it easy. You've got a support group around you. It's a lovely thing in, in principle. Mm-mm. Not a lovely thing for me because I dislike like forced interaction so much don't do well in a group environment and sure enough when we did it i became the pariah of the group (laughs) really yeah i've told you the story like one of the first things they they did is the woman said okay i'm going to separate you into the women and the men oh yeah i'm like oh god i don't want to be separated into women and men like i do i'm i'm a girly man i do much better in the company of company of women than i do in men so then put in this group of men and they said okay now what you've got to do is you've got to design a, a billboard like a job advertisement for birthing partner oh my god really right yeah oh so there's all these guys and they're cool and like a lot of them work in advertising and they're like brainstorming and working out how to get the message across and I'm just sitting there and nobody's paying me any attention. I try and butt in a few times. But you know, you know, sometimes when you say something, people carry on speaking, you don't know whether you should repeat it yeah. or not. It's that yeah. thing. And then eventually when they sort of design the advert, I, I my sole contribution was, Oh, why don't we write apply within? <laughs> Which was the reaction I was hoping for. But it was it was just greeted with a stony silence. <laughs> then the other thing that was happened is they passed a piece of paper around halfway through for you to write your phone number on. Oh yeah. And Sarah got it first, so she wrote her phone number down. I thought, well, they've got a phone number for us now. Mm. As it turned out, they wanted all the dads and all the mums' numbers. I didn't glean this at the time, yeah. so they could make two WhatsApp groups. Oh yeah, yeah. So then I wasn't in the WhatsApp group. I looked like I was being too haughty to join the WhatsApp oh, group. Oh yeah. Oh dear. So anyway, point being, I was a peripheral figure, but Sarah. Okay. Got on very well with the, with the people in the mm. uh, in the NCT group, and then you know, gee, a year after Jean was born, the birthday parties started happening. I went to one or two of them, I think. Sarah went to a few, and now we're at the time a year again where Jean's just had his second birthday, um, and the yeah. other kids are about to have the birthdays. So, guess what we found out? What there are quite a few birthday parties happening that you weren't invited to. Exactly. 
Oh, God, this is awful. Now, I understand me not being invited because I'm an uncomfortable presence who's guaranteed to make any party slightly more awkward. <laughs> but my wife is a gregarious no. character. Yeah. Oh, this is really, this is bad. So if you were us, like, would you, when the photos go up on Facebook, for example, would you write a passive-aggressive comment underneath it? I would leave the group. What? Well, is that the answer? I don't know. What is the correct etiquette? I find out in this week's The Incident. <music> Jess foster is a comedian who recently had a series on BBC Radio called Motherhood, Bump, Birth and Beyond. <laughs> it's not like a wedding, is it? I think, I mean, if you don't get your entire... If you don't get invited to a wedding or if you get invited, but they're like, you can come, but I'm afraid we don't have room for your partner or children, then you know that means you're not really invited. I mean, weddings, you understand it because people are spending so much money. But unless you have an NCT group who are spending on their kids' first, second or third birthday parties, yeah, I mean, I'd be offended. There's no reason to keep the numbers small. So, so I always felt that I was kind of like the pariah or the outcast in the in the group. But um, my my wife kind of goes out of her way to I wouldn't say be likable, but to to certainly um, forge bonds with people. Yeah, and I think this is a real failure on her part, particularly. <laughs> you mean she's feeling it as a failure? I mean. Yeah. Uh, who knows though i think it comes down to what an unwieldy beast an nct group is an nct group is unlike any other group because it's not a natural friendship formation it is a very much a man-made structure yeah it's people who happened to get pregnant at similar times yeah and who were desperate for a very un- a very uniquely close friendship for a oddly brief time (laughs) because you join those things so that you have support during what is a crazy patch of time but also because of the nature of it you become i mean certainly with my entity group repulsively intimate Am, am i to glean from this that you like everybody in your nct group i do i feel like a freak and i know i'm a freak for it I'd go so far as to say I almost love them and but it comes down to how it turned brilliant for me with my NCT group because it was starchy it was starchy and it was like I imagine every NCT group is where everybody's a bit wary and everyone's a bit like oh we're all talking about our vaginas and do you know what I mean like Mm. and then we went through the classes I have very little positive to say about the actual NCT course itself I mean, I liked the instructor, but she told she told us to take cannabis during labour. And uh, someone said, Should, would that cross the placenta? And she said, not in any sort of bad way. I mean, that was <laughs> the level of advice we were given. Right. Where the group turned good was where the first, we, we made WhatsApp groups and where the first person had her baby. And, you know, it was all about, you know, she gave us, she told us she'd had him and she told us the details and it was actually very fast and she had an exceptionally fast, this, that, the other, and blah, blah, blah. And then she went quiet for about four or five days and everyone's on tenterhooks. You know, occasionally there'd be someone checking in. We're all due at the same time. Mm. And then this one woman came back and I'd say that she'd been probably the second most conservative seeming of the group. Mm. 
Um, and she just came on WhatsApp out of nowhere and said, guys, I don't want you to think that I, sorry, I've been out of contact. I really don't want you to think that um, it's just because I've been strolling. And then she named like a lovely park that we all live nearby. Um, it's actually because it's been fucking awful. <laughs> and then like just listed all this stuff. And she was like, then this has happened. And like, and basically she did have a, her baby had a terrible and very rare uh, metabolic disorder, genetic metabolic disorder. So actually she'd been in and out of, hospital like it was the most insane but it was all this story and it was already medical it's already awful but it's already graphic visceral um and it was all but it was all about her baby and it's all about how actually it's going to be fine now blah 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 and then at the end she went and i just stood up and shat myself (laughs) (laughs) and and from that point on anything went her name's Catherine. i will i could never have loved her more than i did in that moment and from that point on you know she'd given this bit of medical chit chat you know like oh okay things haven't been ideal and then just to say oh and i just stood up and shat myself great. Was like, oh great. thank you very finally here we go so do you think there would be any value in me finding the whatsapp group for our nct group which i'm i think is now defunct um <laughs> reviving it and just messaging them all and saying hey guys i just shat myself could that be the breakthrough <laughs> could that be the breakthrough that we need yes please do i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users don't visit other leading job sites so if you're not looking on linkedin you'll miss out on great candidates like sandra start hiring professionals like a professional Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. When you were younger, this show was just getting going. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port with you now in your old age. I wanted to come back to something from last week's podcast. Do you remember I was talking about non-brewed condiment? Oh, uh, yes, yeah. Which I'd been to the chippy and they'd got a bottle on the table and it said non-brewed condiment. I'm thinking, mm. this is this is weird. Uh, um a few people got in touch to tell me about it. Uh, I can't find all of them, but just very quickly to run through some. There was the mayor of Kentucky, um, spectacular Mark, uh, friend of the podcast, Charles Anderson, negative spiral. Everyone's a friend of the podcast too. Sorry, I didn't mean to just single out Mark. <laughs> so I've had more interaction with Mark than than some people. Um, but anyway, a few few people sent me a link to a video, and basically the vinegar in most chippies is this stuff non-brewed condiment. Right. Which is cheaper to make. I think you can um, make it from concentrate in a way that you can't vinegar. Mm. There are also some, although there's not good evidence for this, there are some people who say that during the temperance movement, when people didn't want alcohol, because vinegar has tiny alcohol content that uh people would have it then but basically uh according to this video and and having done a bit of googling there have been a few scandals over the years about it um most of the vinegar you have in chippies is actually non-brewed condiment there are laws like trading standards laws which means you're not allowed to pour this stuff into vinegar bottles and pretend it's vinegar but everyone does almost so i'd say i'm quite impressed with my local chippy that they 
have both vinegar and no non-brewed yes, condiments. Wow! And they have it clearly labelled. I don't know if there's anybody who's thinking, "Oh, I'd much rather some non-brewed <laughs> condiment." Do you think they were there's a crackdown and they got they singled out? Oh, maybe. Standards. Yes. Yeah, maybe. yeah. They made an example of them. Maybe. Yeah, it could it could well be that. Um, but I was very impressed with the knowledge on our listeners' part mm, yeah. for being able to tell us about that. So, um, so you know, just bear that in mind next time you're putting vinegar on your chips. You are quite possibly putting um, non-brewed condiment on your chips. They should do salt and non-brewed condiment flavoured crisps. <laughs> yeah. If you're insightful and aligned with this vision, you might be ready for the next phase. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Ports. Adrift. Okay, on to Quandary Corner at the Glap Clinic in Problematic. Oh, we've got another suggestion for a name. Good, You're good. still taking these? Yeah, absolutely. Well, then this is from Alina. Every time I listen to the podcast and it's time for the Glap Clinic, I shout out that you should call it Rule School. <laughs> that's what you're doing, schooling people about the rules of life. Can you hear what's happening? Girl, yeah, absolutely. Is that your phone? So no, it's your watch. It's my this Apple Watch that I've borrowed. For some reason... It just thought that we wanted it to repeat everything you just said. And it said, call recorder at the Black Clinic in Problematic. I've got another suggestion for a nice girl, girl. Yeah, absolutely. Technology's not there yet, is it? <laughs> it's useless, it's this thing. But um, I could tell you my resting heart rate, if you like. Nah. No. Oh, no, now that my phone's started. Clinic and problematic. I've got another suggestion for a nice girl, girl. Yeah, absolutely. What? I don't know. Do I speak that badly? <laughs> God. I think it might be me, not, not like it. Anyway, what do you think, rule school? Uh, I really like it. Sorry about this technology. I just want to point out as well, I've got my phone supposedly switched off there. It is on silent. I was professional enough, mm. you know, professional, huh, to to do that but it's still for some reason it started talking to me this machine some might be thinking that seeing as this isn't live a professional thing might be to start it again without the technology shouting but but so if if for example i'd just burped or something right then may, maybe i would just start it again mm. but i thought oh maybe this would be fun for people to hear my phone <laughs> thinking it wants uh annabelle to, to dictate everything Te- technology taking over yeah 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 Singularity. Um, so what you're saying, rule school, is saying... It's- Sorry, Alina, but the downside of this is I don't feel your suggestion got the attention it deserved. Mm, mm. I like rule school, yeah. It's great. Yeah, yeah. So rule school mm-hmm. in Quandary Corner. Yeah. In Quandary Corner uh, at the Glap Clinic in Problematic. Okay. Okay, so this is the first one mm-hmm. from Gordon. I'm now at episode 20-ish. And even though it may be several weeks before I actually hear any response, I find myself in urgent need of advice on a point of human etiquette. A day or two ago, I was picking up my baby daughter from nursery. And as always, I found myself immediately on edge because my wife is normally responsible for all infant collection activity. And I worried that the staff might not recognise me and awkwardness could ensue. Even though I performed all the prerequisite security tasks and my left index fingerprint is on record to identify me as a safe and trustworthy person who has a right to be there. I also worry that if I am questioned, they will fail to recognise my strong Scottish accent. Something that's happened to me often when meeting new people since I moved to England six years ago and becomes more awkward the more nervous I get. Worse, on this occasion, my daughter, best described as enthusiastically wobbly on her feet, was on trial in the big kids' room, so surrounded by people I'd never seen before, thus pushing my already heightened anxiety levels through the roof. 
I walked in, glanced around and panicked. Many babies were visible, but my own offspring was nowhere in sight. Suddenly conscious that a kind-hearted nursery nurse was looking in my direction and waiting patiently if he would say something, I blurted out, where's Esme? Fortunately, it turned out that Esme was sitting behind the door, happily eating her favourite book. So I avoided the (laughs) awkwardness of being in the wrong room or worse, failing to recognise my own baby. Moments earlier, my brain had been consumed by terror at either of these scenarios, but my relief was short-lived. The kind-hearted nursery nurse then announced that Esme was due a nappy change, scooped her up and disappeared towards the changing station at the other end of the room. This saved me from a stinky encounter, but frankly, I've become used to those over the last 14 months and would have much preferred it to what happened next. As soon as the nurse's back was turned, a swarm of other small humans immediately became fixated on the gormless newcomer in their midst and started to amble towards me. Before long, at least four of them were around my feet and one in particular started making a concerted effort to climb up my leg and pat my knee. I stood rooted to the spot, mumbling hello, while eternity dragged by and I had no idea how to engage with these children I'd never seen before. After what felt like seven million years, but was probably more like 10 to 20 seconds, I decided to try waving at them. Two sat back and returned the waves. This was good. I was successfully interacting with them. Alas, the knee tapper did not wave back, but lifted his arms as high as he could and suddenly looked very sad. As tears started to appear and lower lips began to wobble, he let out a distressed little cry and reached as high up my leg as he could. Another previously unnoticed staff member sitting nearby did not make a move to rescue me, but helpfully supplied wisdom in the form of, oh, he wants you to pick him up. At this point, I had felt I had no option. So I bent down, reached out and picked up someone else's child. In abject terror that his own parents could appear to collect him at any moment (laughs) and understandably wonder why their child is in the arms of a strange, beardy and clearly socially inept Scotsman. Fortunately, nobody else appeared and moments later, I was able to perfectly execute an exchange of babies and head for the exit. I am, however, left with three questions in which I find myself in need of yours and Jeff's advice. Note that this is addressed to Annabelle because 20 episodes have been more than enough to tell me that Jeff doesn't read the emails. (laughs) One. It's because I want my reaction to the email to be fresh on the podcast. Exactly. And I'm terribly unorganised. <laughs> what are the rules in respect of picking up or otherwise interacting with the children of strangers? Two, why does my baby weigh at least seven times more than similarly sized children? Three, is it acceptable to provide pronunciation guidance for my baby's name? I should point out that he... he did a pronunciation guide for Esme for me. Some close friends do repeatedly get it wrong, or perhaps I should have started doing this earlier. I suppose the question number one is is the key one here. Right. So you you touched on this last week. I did. And I I strongly feel that when you think of the way Victorians were with children, (laughs) it could seem a bit harsh. You know, they weren't sort of interacting with them as a whole seen but not heard thing. But at least there was no confusion. Hmm. You know, look at some great people that came out of the Victorian era. <laughs> Isambard Kingdom Brunel. Yeah. And all the others. Yeah, all those other ones. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I I think... And also, I think you're more intriguing to kids if you're not... Um, you know, if, if, you, if you are a little offhand, standoffish. Aloof. Aloof, yeah. You know, the kids ultimately will think you're a cooler dad. And one of those needy ones who's been really friendly and, you know, so an affectionate. Mm -hmm. So my advice is channel your inner Victorian 
Okay. And be very cold towards children. Okay. Well, I it's not my area of expertise, so I bow to your superior knowledge. Thank you. Thank you. And what were the other questions? Why does this child weigh seven times more than other similarly sized children? Don't know the answer to that, but it will work in your favour. In a few years' time, you can go to the seaside and, you know, at the fair, they sometimes have that thing where they will guess your weight. Mm. And if they guess it wrong, then you win a prize. Yeah. There'll, there'll be something where your kid looks ah. as if it doesn't weigh that much. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and, and then it turns out because she's got very high bone density or whatever mm-hmm. it is. One day it'll come into its own. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, the thing to do with the pronunciation is just to very passive-aggressively use your child's name a lot. Okay. What about spelling? Because I've noticed that a lot of people spell my son's name wrong, including my mother-in-law. And he's he's like, he's coming up for seven months now. And what I do, she spells it wrong in a text with an I, and I reply, make a note to use his name with the Y. It's not. It's just not getting through this. No, I know. I mean, I just. What can I do? I think um, live with it. Yeah, you could capitalize. Capitalize. Like I mean, literally capitalize. Use capital letters. Oh, that's quite aggressive. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Or just capitalize the Y. Yes. Yeah, I'll do that. Okay. Final one from Peter. He says, "I work for a global bank. There's a revolving door at our main entrance. Not powered. You have to push it to make it revolve, and it's heavy. Question." Is it still polite to let the lady through the door first? After you, my dear, have a shove against that whilst I swan through behind not a care in the world. (laughs) The alternative is barging through yourself and she might think you're impolite. You might as well kill me now. A classic lose-lose situation. I have never thought of that. I've never thought of that being an issue. No. but What is the rule? But straight away, well, firstly, I, th- I do think there's a bit of gender politics in there. So yes. what, what do you think as a woman? Okay, I think... Like, are you conscious of the ladies first thing? I don't expect a man to... I, I expect someone to open the door for me if they're there first, but I don't expect them to do it just because they're a man, no. Yeah. But there are some women, this is the confusion, there are some women who do expect that. So what do you do? It's very it's very difficult. Mm. And with the roving door, yeah, why should they have to push hard against it if they're of that frame of mind? I don't know. So I, I feel like I hogged the replies on the last one. Okay. So oh, I think right. you so should you, issue you, the you, rule on this okay. one. Okay. I would say that you should say, after you, my dear, <laughs> have a shove <laughs> against that whilst I swan through behind not a care in the world. That is That is my answer. And that was our podcast. Thanks for listening to it. And if you enjoyed it and you enjoy spending time with us every week, well, there's no such thing as a free lunch. I mean, there is. Uh, You can carry on listening to it for free. But it wouldn't hurt if you made a contribution to our Patreon. Patreon Patreon.com stroke adrift. Just a little bit of money every month is uh, extremely welcome. Thanks to Man and the Echo for the backing music and to Emily Harrison for the incidental music during the incident. And advice this week came from the brilliant Jess Foster Q. I mentioned her BBC radio series, Motherhood, Bump, Birth and Beyond, but she also does a fantastic podcast that I can't recommend highly enough. It's, it's called Hoovering, and Jess interviews people about their relationship with food. And, I mean, for me, there are very few subjects more interesting than that. I think we 
all get into weird stuff with overeating or not eating enough and being particular and having your little routines and obsessions. And Jess is very interesting um, the way she talks to people and draws people out on that subject. So if you're after another podcast to download, I would recommend that one, Hoovering. Vince Lynch and Simon Wilcox are our announcers and made our idents. Patrick Gunning and Iwana Babu provided technical support. Carla Gowlett took our photos and Kim Rainey made our artwork. If you haven't already, if you listen to the podcast on iTunes, then please rate and review us if you give us a good rating and a nice review. It really helps other people discover the podcast. And if you haven't shared your story with us yet, come on, we're waiting for you. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. Myself, Annabelle, and your fellow drifters would love to hear from you. And finally, thanks to Annabelle's dad, Robin Port, for giving her such a top-notch introduction into the world of live music. Adrift. All right, Annabelle, uh, before we start the podications, can you just explain to the, to the listeners what you explained to me? That these podications feature compliments that I would usually edit out, but by editing them out, I feel like I edit out the very essence of the email. So it was too difficult for my tired brain. So the reason I got Annabelle to mention that is we are self-aware. Mm. Like I don't like it when people read out compliments, but either Annabelle's too tired to work out how to edit these properly or, or they're just too embedded is what you're saying. That's what I'm trying to say okay. to you, yeah. Uh, so the first one comes from Jamal E, who says, Hi, Jeff and Annabelle. Hi. Hi uh, I'm a brand new listener who came across it recently. Look, there's one of those people so we were great. talking about. Yeah. Um, I'm very behind on episodes, but I would love it if you mentioned me in your latest one without wanting to sound cheesy. I'm depressed and your podcast has made me smile and laugh every time. Thank you for that. Well, you know, I know what that's like and just any, anything that can, anything that's a distraction is a good thing. So very pleased that we've been a distraction for you, Jamal. And thanks for finding us. Yeah. That's wonderful. Uh, the other one comes from Anna, Anna Evans, who says... Ahoy, Jeff and Annabelle. Ahoy. Ahoy. I have mmmed and ahed about whether to request a podication. I'm an avid listener of the podcast. Indeed, when I had my baby Flora last year, around the same time as Rudy was born, I saved up a number of Adrift podcasts to listen to in labour. Uh, it turns out this was incredibly aspirational. <laughs> labour hurt a lot, and I would not have been able to dedicate all the attention to them as they deserved. Instead, I spent... Um, Hours a few weeks after birth, trudging the common with the pram, catching up. Thank you for keeping me company during the this very sleep deprived time of my life. I have to say, I think it's um, so. Jean was born in April, and Rudy was beginning of October. Yeah, and I really don't envy you having a baby at that time of year because the nights are drawing in, mm. and you know you just. I guess you've got a lot of time just waiting for the day to start. Yeah, and then when it does, it feels bleak and cold. Yeah, but now I think now he's kind of getting to be a bit easier. I get to have a nice summer. So pros and cons. I mean, but that being said, we do live in Britain and there isn't a nice summer. No, that's yeah, what am I thinking of? <laughs> Why am I looking forward to a nice summer? But Anna, I had the same experience as you. I saved up a load of podcasts for labour, like lasted two seconds, turn it off, and then <laughs> caught up by just trudging around with a pram for hours. Um, 
Anna continues, but despite my listening credentials, or maybe even because of them, I have the fear when it comes to requesting a publication. If I make the cut for a publication, you will inevitably read out some stroke all of my email, and there are high standards to live up to. I'm not sure I can handle the pressure. Well, let me tell you something. I mean, Annabelle hasn't crossed any of this out. Not a word. Which, as we've established, might be laziness. It but was. We, uh, <laughs> no, 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 it wasn't. <laughs> it reflects well on you, yeah, Anna. Yeah, it does. It does. Um, However, handle the pressure I must as my motivation for requesting publication is not only to have the egotistical thrill of having my name mentioned on my favourite podcast, but also because my two current biggest female crushes are adrift linked. I've always been a huge fan of Annabelle and her work. Oh, I should have crossed that out. Why didn't I cross that out? It's so embarrassing. But it's through the podcast <laughs> that I became aware of Sarah. Oh. Uh, I'm ob- obviously far too timid to approach Sarah in person. Her confidence is very intimidating for a direct approach. You tell me about it. Really? It is. Right. Intimidating. Are you intimidated by her? Aren't you? Yeah, very. I'm scared of her. <laughs> I'm scared of her. Oh, good, both of us. Um... <laughs> So I'd like to reach out to her through you guys. Please, could you convey to Sarah how incredibly awesome and funny I think she is? And please, could you ask her if she would consider doing the Bring Your Baby comedy shows in southwest London? This is currently the only feasible way I will see comedy for the foreseeable future. And she would go down a storm. So she does do these things from time to time. And sometimes, I think she did one in Chiswick okay. a while ago, which isn't quite southwest London, but it's almost. Yeah, yeah. Um... So there, there is a very funny woman called Hattie Ashdown who uh, runs a thing called Screaming with Laughter. And it's for women and uh, – I say women. It's for parents, I should say, mm. and their babies. Mm. So a comic, comic goes on and does a bit and you get to bring your baby and it's just a bit of relief for women and, and men who are new parents. Mm. I, f- I feel awful. Like I, I've yeah. just shown what a terrible – yeah, but I know that you very much shared childcare. So I'll tell you what it is. It in all seriousness, <laughs> well, it is deep, deep-rooted sexism. But it's it's also I think Sarah when she has I've never been to one of these shows, oh, okay. but when she describes them to me, it, she's very much describing a room full of women. Okay, and also describing there's something really beautiful about these women who are sleep deprived and just climbing the walls, getting to come and do this thing, and all these lovely tiny babies, but also just the, the release for these women yeah and, yeah. and that, that is how sarah has described it on a number okay. of occasions so that's how i see it in my mind yeah 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 um and that isn't just me trying to wriggle out of being sexist that's fine it's totally fine um so yeah if you, if you look those up but i'll pass that on to her she'll she'll love that um anyway back to business this publication is for me like so many other listeners, I'm not aware that I actually know any other listeners, but also for Annabelle and Sarah, my two big, current, current. biggest female crushes. Mm. Uh, I would understand this publication does not reach the lofty heights. I've been set by previous publications, so please don't be embarrassed if this is one of those emails that has to fall by the wayside slash be printed, then scrunched up and dropped on the floor. <laughs> I, d- I will say that if it's a publication... We just always, they, they, you know, we we all always intend to get round to them. Oh yeah, if yours doesn't get read out, it's not because it isn't good. It's because I've been useless and I've just somehow not read it out. Yeah, not not printed it out. So yeah. send it again. So don't <laughs> worry if you ever think, oh, I'd like a publication, but dot dot dot. Um, there is no bar. Mm. It's just nice to hear from people, right? Yeah. Um. I will merely cringe and die each, inside each time you get to the publication section of a drift, remembering in pure mortification at the time when I, two glasses of white wine to the wind, 
sent in a publication <laughs> request and imagine the look of disdain that passed over your faces oh. when you read the email and immediately discarded it into the pile of not got a chance of getting on the podcast correspondence. It's not real. You've got the requisite lacking of self-esteem for it to be an excellent drifter, Anna. <laughs> Uh, please keep up your work with the podcast. It's my favourite podcast. It's so lovely. All the best, Anna. P.S. Jeff, I'm also a fan of Reasons to be Cheerful, although I would flag up that I'm behind in my listening. It's hard to listen and concentrate during what I loosely term nap time. <laughs> and uh, in case you think I only have girl crushes, I also have a crush on Ed. What a broadcaster revelation he's been. Although I've been a long-term fan of Ed and would not want to be categorised as one of his Johnny-come-lately fans. <laughs> in case you... Jeff, are feeling left out. I do need to. Uh, I do feel the need to point out that, unfortunately, because of my huge esteem for Sarah, I can't even contemplate having a crush on you. <laughs> feel that you, you know these are weasel words here. <laughs> it, it was becoming quite clear that you were the only person she didn't have the crush on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And, and, mm. I'm, I'm not. I'm not, I don't. I, think, I don't think I'm crushable. Oh, you're crushable. I'm not crushable. People have it's, said before. People have said they before. Haven't. They I haven't. They, they really don't. Like, it's, it's, there was that time you had the really sore throat. Come on, do you remember? Yes. Everyone yeah, found it very, yeah, very alluring. Yeah, that, that one time yeah. when I didn't sound like myself. <laughs> I think it was just relief on people's parts. Um, I hope this uh, allays any angst you may have, although I suspect it might not be everyone's life goal to be one of my numerous crushes. Oh. I don't know. I'd like to be... I, I sometimes think... Um, you know, uh, in the, in a magazine, if they like print a bunch of people and say the different types and who's your type, mm. I think I'm exactly the sort of person who would be no one's type. You must be someone's type. Well, I'm married. You're married. So, but I think there was a lot of compromise going on there. <laughs> right, okay. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so Anna, thank you. That was a, a wonderful podication. And it was lovely to hear from you too, Jamal. Uh, so this edition of the podcast is podicated to Anna and Jamal, and if you would like one for yourself, you can email hello at adriftpodcast.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.